0: That's what we're saying today. When God comes into the presence of our situation, our mathematics, our problems, whenever God comes, that's when the miracles happen. Well, with your Bible open at Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to attempt to continue our little series that we began the first Sunday of November. We're in a missions month, and the first Sunday we talked about missions as a, as a whole. Why missions? Why are we doing it? Why are we involved? And the reason, the answer we came to was a biblical one. In, in spite of all of the different reasons against worldwide missions, this one reason overcomes them all. It's because the Lord told us to. That's Why? The second Sunday, which would be last Sunday, we asked the question well, what about tithing? Isn't tithing enough? And we went through that very carefully. If you happen to miss that message, it's up online. I wish you would go back and watch it, maybe later today or this week, but it's good uh, to get a good biblical knowledge of tithing. And tithing is good for the local church, but it's not enough for the rest of the world, to reach the rest of the world. And so hence we need faith promise. Well, today I want to talk about some miracles. I want to have a little fun with you today, if that's all right, if you don't mind. I think we can enjoy ourselves in the house of the Lord once in a while. Amen. Yeah, I hope we can. And so I want to talk about some miracles today. Uh, I like when God does a miracle. Don't you? And don't you love reading in the Bible of the things God did? And He did this and He did that. And we say, oh, imagine if we lived back in those days. Well, we don't live back in those days. We live in these days. Well, then where is the God of Elijah? Well, that's where it gets down to our faith. According to your faith, be it unto you. Matthew 9.29 According to your faith, be it unto you. We still can see God do the miraculous, if we will do it His way, if we will live by faith. And that's the, uh, the essence of my, my message here today. Um, but I want to start with uh, showing you a, a little bit of mathematics. Now some of you have seen this before. Put up that screen for us, would you please, Pastor Devian? There we go. Now if you've seen this before, God bless you, keep it to yourself. But there may be, believe it or not, there may be one person here who hasn't seen this. And uh, what, you look, what you're looking at, it's, it's very obvious, right? It doesn't take any faith to, to uh, come up with 15. 5 plus 5 plus 5 is very normal. It's natural. It's logical. 5 and 5 and 5 is 15. All right, not a problem. But supposing we changed it. Now, let's put this next one up. Now, that's a little different, isn't it? To say 5 and 5 and 5 is 550. We know that that's false. That, that is not true. And yet, listen to this. By adding one single solitary line, we can change this from a false statement to a true statement. By adding one single solitary line. Now, as I mentioned, some of you have seen this and you know where that line should be put. Some of you are wondering, Well, where would you put that line? Where would you put it? Well, we're going to show you. Would you please put the line for us? One line now changes the false statement into a true statement. Isn't that correct? Is that not now true? Yes. And you see how we ended up with this huge amount by adding only one single solitary line. And my point today, what I'm I'm going to show you, is that when we get God involved, the miracle happens. That's what we're saying today. When God comes into the presence of our situation, our mathematics, our problems, whenever God comes, that's when the miracles happen. You know, Jesus, every time He attended a funeral, He broke it up. He always would raise the dead. How about that? Uh, The normal natural was broken. Or let's say was bent. Let's say was bent. My point again. When God gets involved. That's when the miracles happen. And today I want to help us all to see. How we can get God involved with our finances. So that we can see some great miracles happen. For His glory. So with that in mind, let's have a word of prayer, and let's get right into our message here today. And our Heavenly Father, we do give you the praise and glory because you're a God of miracles. And when we get to heaven, we we just won't believe our eyes, all of the amazing things we'll see. Here, it seems that we can't see them, but then that's why we walk by faith. Father, it's my personal prayer that you would raise the level of our faith our trust, our belief that what You say is true and what You promise You will fulfill. Father, this is what I pray for. That everyone here today, young and old, male and female, and everyone watching online, would increase in their faith in Your promises. Lord, show Yourself mighty and strong. Help us to make this year's Faith Promise Missions Conference, the most miraculous we've ever seen. Lord, do miracles. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, folks, I'll have you know something. Your Christian life began as a miracle. It really did. When you got born again, you were spiritually, supernaturally born again into God's family. That's a miracle. I love it when babies are born. Boy, I'm excited about that. And I always think of the miracle of birth, right? And mom's carrying around this little junior in in her tummy for nine months and he's squirming in there and she's, you know, wondering, well, what's he gonna look like? And, you know, I can hardly wait to hold him in my, my arms and and dad's, you know, putting his hand on mom's tummy and saying, boy, any day now, any day now, Junior's going to be here. There's my boy. There's my boy. Assuming it's going to be a boy. And so finally, the day comes, she gives birth and we call it a miracle. There's this new human, this little miniature human with a scrunched up little face, you know, and they come out all gooey and, and, and all of that good stuff. And we, we just ooh and ah over the, the baby, and we, we look at them, and they're so wonderful. I, I so much enjoy looking at the, uh, the babies, the little children. Uh, as they get older, I don't care much to look at them, I suppose, after that. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. But when they're, when they're little, uh, boy, I just love it. And they're in their own little world, and the things they say and come out with, and how they perceive things around them, it's just, to me, it's just a miracle. Miracle after miracle your spiritual new birth when you became a Christian, that was a miracle. The Christian life doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with that miracle. You and I are invited to walk with God for the rest of our days on earth in a miraculous relationship with Him. Imagine being able to close your eyes and pray to the Creator of this entire universe and that He's stopped and you have His attention. Isn't that a bit of a miracle? I'll tell you something for you married people. There's a lot of married wives today that wish they had their husband's attention sometimes. That's true in marriage. But we can have God's attention anytime. And that in itself is a great little miracle too. Well, here in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 we are told about a miracle. And I want you to look at it very carefully. I want you to see what it doesn't say. It does not say, now unto Him that does exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. It doesn't say that. But what it does say, now unto Him that is able to do... And I love how this is written. It just doesn't say that he is able to do all that we ask or think. It says, it goes beyond that. He's able to do above all we can ask or think, but it doesn't stop there. He is able to do abundantly above all we can ask or think, and it doesn't stop there. It says he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we, we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. There it is there. According to God's power that is working in us. Well, all that hinges on your faith. According to your faith be it unto you. That's why so many Christians see very, very little in the way of the miraculous. And it's been ages and ages since they've seen anything great done for God. It's because their own faith is so small. That's why the, the apostles said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. We need faith if we're going to walk with God and see great miracles happen. You have to have a growing faith. That's something you should be praying for every single day. And that's why you need to read the Bible. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now we learned that last Wednesday, wasn't it? Wasn't it last Wednesday we learned something like that? I think I was here. But it is true. We need the Word of God In us to be able to grow in our faith. And when we grow in faith, we'll be able to see by faith. You know, it's one thing to be able to fly your airplane, looking all around. But it's something else to be able to fly by instruments. And flying by instruments means now you can fly through clouds. You can fly in pitch blackness. You're flying by instruments. You can do a whole lot more by instruments than you can by eyeballs. And you can do a whole lot more as a Christian with faith than you can by sight. And this is sadly a story that so many Christians need to relearn. Sometimes we're a little slow. We're nice sheep, mind you. We're pretty nice sheep, you know. I think I told you, didn't I, that when I was down uh, on my missions trip to, um, to New Mexico and I was preaching a missions conference, for one of our missionaries, Brother Aaron Nelson. He's a missionary to the Navajo Indians. I got talking with him and I learned that uh, his, his uh, former life, he used to be a shepherd. And he looked after 500 sheep. And I asked his son, is it true your father was a shepherd? And he looked up and said, yes. So we're, we're all God's sheep. Yes, we are. We're His sheep. But sometimes we're not living by faith the way He wants us to. And we need to correct that, folks. So we have here an incredible, powerful promise that God is able to do these things. Well, why isn't He doing them? Because it's a two-way street. He works in cooperation with us. The divine human cooperative. And God has the power and we need the faith. Well, where do we get that from? From God. Remember, we, we studied this. We ask Him for it and we read the Scripture and we get faith. He gives us faith. Faith to do greater things for Him. That's what we're going to be looking at here today. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. You don't need any faith to believe that two and two is four. You don't need faith whatsoever. But you would need faith to see God turn 2 plus 2 into 5. You say, well, this I want to see. Faith in what God can do. By the way, let me say this. If you don't believe that God is able to put 2 and 2 and have it equal 5, then you don't have faith in God. You say, but it's impossible. That's why only God can do it. But I don't understand it. Whoever said you had to understand it? It's what God can do. Were you around when God out of nothing, created the world? Well, no. Were you around when, out of nothing, God created all of the fish of the sea and the birds of the air? No. Were you around when God created us human beings? No. Well, come on, give God a little slack. God is able to do the impossible. He can do what you and I can't even imagine. We just read it there. It's exceeding, abundantly, above, all you can ever ask or even think. If you don't believe that God can sit down and make 2 plus 2 equals 5, you don't have faith in God. You need to have faith in the God of the impossible. He is able to do the miraculous, the impossible. That's what you need. And when you start getting that, that's when you'll start seeing the hand of God working and doing miracles. And you really can. You don't have to be an Einstein or some kind of genius You don't have to be a super-duper-duper-duper spiritual person. You just need to have a sincere, humble, teachable heart. Go to God and say, Lord, I want you to use me. I want you to pour power through me. I want to see miracles. Lord, increase my faith. That's what God's looking for. It's as simple as that. And anyone, any one of God's children can do it. So this is very important. Now, when it comes to missions... God's will is to do a miracle through our church. This supernatural ability in order to do more, to make more, to give more, more. That's the idea behind miracles, isn't it? More. You know, when you look at the miracles of the Bible, you say, they shouldn't have happened. When Moses went in and brought the children of Israel out, with all of the ten plagues and all that stuff. He brought them out and they stood at the Red Sea. Pharaoh came charging behind them to reclaim them and drag them back into Egypt. You read the story, and according to the normal natural laws and the physics, Pharaoh should have won that day. He should have won the fight. And yet he lost. He he even lost his life. He lost all of his armies, his chariots. He lost his life. How is that even possible when God enters the picture? Forty years later, the children of Israel leave the wilderness and come into the promised land. The very first city they look at is Jericho, this monster city with walls so thick and so high. And what do they do? They marched around it. You remember? According to all the normal, natural laws of physics, according to everything that's normal, They should not have won that fight. Those walls should have been standing still, even standing today. What happened? Well, they all came crumbling down. How did that happen? Because God came into the picture. That's what made it happen. That's the only reason it happened. When they buried Lazarus in John chapter 11. Lazarus, a godly man, he died. You know, only two things are guaranteed in life, they say. Taxes and death. Yeah, you can count on them both. And so here's Lazarus and he died. And he's been dead three or four days now. According to all normal natural laws of the universe and physics, Lazarus should have stayed dead. But he didn't. He came forth alive. How did that happen? Because God got involved. Jesus was preaching to a crowd and there was 5,000 men plus women and children. And Jesus said, I'm not going to send them away hungry. And he turned to the disciples and said, what are we going to do? And they said, we don't know. 200 pennyworth of bread is not enough to feed this crowd. And then one of the disciples said, there's a young guy here, a young boy. He has a lunch. Five loaves and two fishes. But what... What are they amongst so many? Jesus said, Make the men sit down. And with a little lunch of five loaves and two fishes, the Lord Jesus fed as many as 10,000 people that day. And you know, some hungry guys can eat, you know that. And teenagers can put some hungry guys to shame. It is amazing, it's a miracle. They just had dinner. And ten minutes later, they're in the kitchen with the fridge door open. What do you do? I'm hungry. Where do you put it all? Well, they're growing and they're burning it all up there. They need their extra num-nums, I guess. But that day, in um, the Gospel of John chapter 6, the Lord Jesus took five loaves, two fish, and He fed everyone. According to the normal natural laws of physics, five loaves and two fish, isn't going to go that far, is it? You're not going to feed 10,000 people. What happened? God got involved. Now that's what I'm trying to make you see today, is that when God gets involved, whether it's with food or with finances, it doesn't matter to God, because God is able to make 2 plus 2 equal 5. God is able to do things that you and I can't even imagine. He is a God of miracles. And listen to me, He is wanting to show Himself strong. He is looking for Christian men and women who will by faith just believe Him. And through them, God loves to do miracles. As you look through the Bible, after God finished with creation, all of the miracles involve people. He wants to do these miracles through people. Here we are today, folks. I don't know about you, but Lord, I'm willing. Use me, Lord. Do some miracles through me. My wife and I, over the years, have seen God do some incredible things. Things that we have no explanation for. We bought our first house out in Ontario. That was a major hurdle. But we bought the house. And at the end of the year... Uh, my wife was doing the... She does the books in our home because she's an accountant. She's good at that. Her father was an accountant and she loves numbers. She'll stay up half the night looking for lost pennies. She, she just... It, it's, she, it's, it's a sickness, I tell you. It's a sickness with her. But she's really good at what she does. And she was doing up the end of the year thing for us. And she said to me, you've got to see this. And she showed it to me on paper. That year... God let us buy a house with a negative $4,000 income. What just happened? And to this day, we don't know. We haven't a clue what God did. Oh, there's other stories I could tell you as well. But the only explanation is when God gets involved and God adds one line to the equation, all of a sudden... 5 plus 5 plus (laughs) 5 is now 550. And the only explanation is God got involved. That's what faith does, folks. That's so important, so important. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20, 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now read verse uh, 21 with me out loud, everyone. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Boy, there's a blessing. But notice it says, in the church. God is wanting to work with His church. This is a church. We are one of His churches. Why can't He work through us? Well, He wants to work through us. But it's according to your faith. That's why it says He is able... He is not always constantly doing because He wants to partner with us. His power, our faith, the divine human cooperative. And when we get the two of those together, then stand back and watch what God can do. He wants to do it in the church. The church is very important. Why? Because Jesus died for the church. The church is God's program for the last 2,000 years. That's the program. That's why I think we need to get with the program. Now today, we're talking about God's missionary mathematics, where if we do it God's way, God gets involved and we will see the miracle. Now for those who may be brand new to the church and new to the missions program of our church, here's what you need to know. Number one, this world has a serious sin problem. It has a problem with sin and eternal damnation in hell this whole world has got a serious problem with sin they need to be saved they need jesus number 2 god's solution to getting people around the world saved is called missions that's what it's called number 3 missions normally should not work normally missions should fall flat and fail why because of the normal natural laws the physical things there's just we're too weak we don't have enough money. We don't have enough strength. We don't have enough stamina. We can't protect ourselves from certain things. Missions normally should fall flat on its face and fail. But yet, number four. That's when God does His miracle. His miracle missionary mathematics. If we will do it His way. Now, I'll show you. I'll show you. Take your Bible, please, and turn to the right, to the book of Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, to the left. You're in Ephesians. Turn to the left. To 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, be careful it's not 1 Corinthians. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And very quickly, I want to show you how God does this. Alright, chapter 8, verse 1. Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches, plural, of Macedonia. Verse 3. For to their power I bear record, yea, and, look at this, beyond their power. They were willing of themselves. And so here's churches in Macedonia that not only did what they could, but they miraculously could do more than what they could do. Supposing you could lift 50 pounds with one hand. And then I said, try it again. And you reached down, and now this time you lifted 100 pounds. And you dropped the weight and said, what just happened? There's, there's something phony about the weight. No, we put it on the scale. It's a hundred pounds. Well, what happened? I can't lift a hundred pounds with one hand. What just happened? Well, you were now able to do above what you could do. Samson had that same ability from time to time. The Spirit of God would come upon him and he could do things that are just impossible, right? You remember Samson? You remember David and Goliath? Who should have won that fight? Who? Say it. Goliath. Because of the laws of physics. He's the bigger dude, right? Bigger dudes punch harder than little dudes. Little dudes punch little. Big dudes punch big. And the bigger dude should have won that day. I mean, he must have weighed, what, what's your guess, 500 pounds? This nine and a half foot man, strapping guy with muscle. He must have weighed about 500 pounds. What did David weigh? 98 pounds? You get two physical forces at each other. And you know which one is going to win? Well, it's going to be this giant one. He should have won, but he lost. He lost. How is that even possible? Because God got involved. That's why. When God gets involved, the miraculous happened. These churches, God got involved, and they were doing miracles. That's what Paul is saying. Alright, now look at, at verse 7. Therefore, as ye abound, and he's talking to the church at Corinth, therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, watch, see that ye abound in this grace also. That's the grace of giving. That means God's grace upon your finances. Abound in that. Let God be miraculous in your finance. You remember, what was it? That widow lady and she had this little cruise of oil and a pot of meal. Remember that? And Elijah went to sort of live live there for a while and she just had enough for one last meal and her and her son, they were going to eat it and they figured they were going to die after that. Elijah says, don't be afraid. Just go ahead and make a meal for me first and then whatever you want. So by faith she did it. And every time she would tip over the little bottle of oil, there's more oil. And she'd open up that little pot of of flour. There's more flour in there. And every time she wanted to make a meal. you Imagine that. Don't you think she would have at least been tempted to call some of her girlfriends over to the kitchen that day? Hey girls, watch this. I empty the cruse of oil. Yes. I put the stopper back on. And now watch. I take the stopper off and there's more oil. (gasps) How is it possible? God got involved. Wouldn't you like a wallet like that? Yeah, now we're talking. You reach in take out a couple of 20s? Oh, it's empty. There's something else I need you. Open it up. There's a couple more 20s. You wouldn't be afraid to be generous with people. Here, here's a 20. Oh, thanks. Hey, here's another 20. Thanks very much. And here's a 20 for you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) 20s for everyone. Why? Because you're none the poorer... You're a rich person. Your heavenly father's loaded and he is looking for people through whom he can do miracles. And when it comes to missions, miraculous missionary mathematics start coming into the to the play. And God knows where to put the little line to turn this much into that much. God is able and wants to do it. Now, chapter number 9. Here Paul tells us the secret, and that is God. So chapter 9 verse 8 now, read this verse out loud with me, please. Everyone's Bible open. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. You folks at home, don't let us do all the work. You read it out loud with us, please. All together, let's read. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. There it is there. That lays it right out for you. God is the one who will keep filling your pot, keep filling your wallet, keep filling your pantry, keep filling your tank with gas. God is the one when he gets involved with things, then his power gets involved. And that's when missions gets really exciting. Because as you, by faith, take your first step and start supporting missions, God takes his first step and starts blessing you. That's the way it works, folks. That's exactly the way it works. That's not hocus pocus. That is absolute truth. And many of us here have seen that already. And that is so exciting. You know, I'm thinking also of how God wrote the Bible. God wrote the Bible, it was God's words. He put them into the heads of the writers, and the writers wrote them out. They didn't write from their own thoughts. They wrote from the words God put in their head. That's how we have our Bible today. And God will do the same thing with you and with me. He will put into us, or we're talking into our finances, He will put into us the money that we can now turn and use to support missions. It's all done by faith, not by sight. If you're looking for some kind of physical, natural, normal, by sight kind of answer, you're in the wrong place. Because today we're talking about God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. Remember, if you don't think God can make two and two equal five, then you don't have faith in God. Because God can do the impossible. And that's what you need today. Is You need the faith to believe that when you act on His promise, He will do the impossible. Well, it all begins with that first step. Now maybe you're familiar with Luke 6.38. I think we've gone over it a couple times. Luke 6.38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. That's the very promise of Jesus. And Jesus came to earth, giving us only the words the Father gave Him. So this is a promise from God the Father, through God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will make it happen. God doesn't make promises and break them. He's not like that. He is able to fulfill every single promise. Luke 6, 38. That would be a good verse to write down, to underline in your Bible, to visit every now and again. Give and it shall be given unto you. Well, simply put, here's what happens. We go to God in prayer. God, what do you want me to do? How much do you want me to give? Now, for all of us, it's going to be a different amount. Because this man over here may be new in the faith. This man over here may be 20 years in the faith. This man over here may be 10 years in the faith, but he's still a spiritual baby. Here may be one year in the faith, and yet he's really growing strong in the faith. So God will work with each one of us. But that's why according to your faith, be it unto you. If you're a man or woman of great strong faith, Then God's going to do more through you. If you are a Christian of small faith, God will still work through you, but it'll be a small amount. He won't ask you to do something that only a stronger Christian can do. He'll ask you to do something what you're able to do. And then maybe next year, He'll increase that because your faith will have grown and you will have seen God work in your behalf. Does that make sense? I have a little illustration for you. I've never in my life done this before ever. I'm sure I will probably never do it again. But it's a little illustration to help you understand what it is I'm talking about. And it's in a form of a story. You like stories? Here's a story about a Christian man. He was a farmer. It happened many years ago. His name was Farmer Brown. And Farmer Brown was married to Mrs. Brown and they had a couple of little Browns and they had a small farm. And of course, farmers depend upon the crops that they would sell and they would live on that money. Well, this one particular year, the rain wasn't very good and the crops weren't very good. And so Farmer Brown took his crops and he sold them at market on Saturday and then he counted his money. And he had one, two, three, four, five, six dollars. Now there are some here that have never seen a dollar before. They used to make them. We have that picture. Put that picture up. There we go. There's a dollar right there. Those are the dollars we're talking about. Those are good dollars, aren't they? So Farmer Brown had six dollars. And being a Christian man, the next day was Sunday. And so he went to church. Well, the very first thing he did was he paid his tithe. So he put a dollar down for his tithe. And afterward, he counted his money, and he counted one, two, three, four, five dollars. Okay, he had five dollars. So that week he had to buy groceries, and he spent one, two, three of his dollars. We better put them up here. Saturday, he counted his money and he had one, two, three, four, five dollars. How did that happen? He and Mrs. Brown got talking about it. And she says, well, you tithed? Yes, I did. Well, that obligated God to bless you. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. So, Brother Brown said, tomorrow's church. Let's do it again. And so they went to church. And the first thing he did was he tithed. And so that week he found that he only needed one, two dollars for groceries. And he thought, hey, that's great. Praise the Lord. You know, I didn't have to spend as much. At the end of the week, he counted his money. $1, two. Three, four, five. How did that happen? And he and his wife were puzzled, and they they finally decided it must be God's miraculous mathematics. When God gets involved, the next day was Sunday. First thing that Brother Brown did was he gave his tithe. But that Sunday, the pastor talked about missions and the need for churches and Christians in that church to support missions. And so we thought, maybe, maybe I'll do that. And so he gave a dollar for missions. And so then that week, he found that he only had to spend one dollar on food. And he was rejoicing. All men like to save money. At the end of the week, he counted his money. He counted one, two, three, four, five dollars. How did that happen? Well, he didn't know. It was impossible. God's miraculous mathematics. And so the next day was Sunday. And he was pretty excited. First thing he did was he tithed his money to the Lord. And then he gave another gift, a dollar to missions. And then he thought to himself, now what would happen? Look what God's done. What would happen if I were to give another dollar to missions? And that week, he counted his money. And he counted one, two, oof, money's flying out of here, three. He counted four, he counted five, he counted six, he counted seven, he counted eight dollars. That illustrates when God gets involved with our finances. Now you may be sitting there or sitting at home and saying to yourself, Pastor, that was a cheap parlor trick. And you're right, it only cost me eight bucks. That's about as cheap as it gets. But it's my cheap parlor trick. And all I wanted to do was to illustrate for you when you bring God in to your finances. God brings His power. Now, how many would like God's power on their finances? Like Brother Brown, the farmer. That's the kind of thing that happens when you live by faith. You do it God's way. God will make sure there's gas in your tank. God will make sure your bills are paid. God will give you a little extra to jingle in your pocket. God delights in doing that because it drives the devil crazy. It drives a lot of unsaved people crazy too and they won't believe you when you tell them, look, what God did for me. We bought a house and our income that year was minus 4000 Oh, you must have made a mistake. Do the book again. Come up with the same answer. You see what the answer is, is we brought God in on the picture. And that's what you need to do in one week's time, is faith promise. You need to be praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? How much do you want me to give? And God will lay a figure on your heart. Now, you fast and pray one meal this week, and that's going to really help. You see, that's going to clear away some of the resistance, some of the roadblocks to knowing God's will. The devil doesn't want you and I to know what God wants us to give. You pray and fast and pray, and God will show you I mean, if you're serious, God's serious too. And a week from today, you'll know exactly what to to write on your faith promise card. And it gets exciting when you start seeing God do the miraculous. Our dear sister Sally wrote me and said, I have felt the blessings of the Lord to me and to my family since we started supporting missionaries. He answered some of my prayers. Life is not that hard. And we're healthy and peaceful. God is good. In his own timing, he answers my prayers. And then she wrote this. I thought this was really cool. I was saved and baptized by a Bible-believing missionary in April 1982. And I'm so grateful for missionaries. I have great respect for the work they do. God bless all our missionaries. Signed, Sally. Sally, thank you very much for that. That's encouraging. There are other stories of how God has blessed his people. And if you're one of them, I'd sure like to know that story. Maybe you could email me in and tell, you how, tell me how God has blessed you if you've been supporting missions. I'd like to know that. And with your permission, I'd like to share it so that others would hear and be encouraged that we have things happening in this church, in people's lives. But in one week's time, we want to be ready, don't we? So we want to know what to put down and to tell God what we're going to do over the next 12 months. So you need to start and pray, Lord, what would you have me to give? Now, quickly, before I pray, if you're here today, or if you're watching online, and you've never been born again, it's possible that maybe a message like this just kind of went over your head, and you thought, well, it's impossible, it's impossible, and that's all you're thinking. Well, that's understandable. Before I became a Christian, I kind of thought that the miraculous was impossible too. But after you become one of God's children through Jesus Christ, your eyes get opened and you start seeing things you never saw before and you start understanding things that you never understood before. And that is a miracle too. Today, if you've never been born again, if you've never received Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life, would you do it today in prayer? And now, would you close your eyes and bow your head, and we're going to pray together. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.